This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to the CMO Spotlight on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again are Catherine Hayes and Jenny Rooney. Welcome back to Marketing to CMO Spotlight. Uh, we were formerly on Marketing Matters. That's a great other show you should be listening to, but this is the CMO Spotlight. I'm Catherine Hayes. I'm here with the wonderful, fabulous Jenny Rooney. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Catherine. The same could be said about you. So I'm here with the wonderful, <laughs> fabulous Catherine Hayes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Jenny is the Forbes Network, Forbes CMO. CMO Network Editor. Thank yeah, you so much. Forbes. And I'm co-author of... Um, Beyond Advertising, a really great book that we encourage you to to take a look at. Today, we have joining us for this next segment of our show um, uh, from a company that will all be familiar to you, um, and her name is Catherine Hernandez-Blades. She's the Senior Vice President and Chief Brand Officer at Aflac. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine and Jenny. I love the show, and it's lovely to be here and speak with you today. Thank Great. you so much. So we're, it's all going to be confusing since we have two Catherines, but um, <laughs> and I see you spelled yours with a C as well, so that's that's great. Doubly confusing, right? <laughs> so we'd like to start the show off with um, you sharing with us a little bit about your career journey as a marketer and coming to this role at Aflac. Um, tell us how you got started and maybe some of the high points along the way. You bet. I actually started my career in television news. At 19, I was producing a morning news program called Uh Good Morning Acadiana. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's great. And half of it was in English and half of it was in French, which made it very interesting. But uh, from there, I decided that even though that's what I thought I wanted to do my whole life after doing it for a couple of years, Mm -hmm. realized it wasn't my calling. So I was very fortunate to end up in a great PR opportunity uh, in New Orleans, the only public company based in New Orleans at the time, and literally banging out press releases for mergers and acquisitions. And from there, I moved up, and then I accepted a gubernatorial appointment to fill someone else's term, where I was executive director of the Seafood Promotion and Marketing Board for the state of Louisiana, which in essence, made me an undersecretary in wildlife and fisheries. <laughs> Wonderful. So great. Yeah, well, if you saw the other gentlemen, uh, particularly during hunting season in Louisiana, they looked more the part than I did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but we had, a, we had a great time doing that. And then from there, I spent 10 years in aerospace and defense, three years mm-hmm. at a tech company as their chief marketing and communications officer, and then came into Aflac about four and a half years ago as the chief communications officer. And then I accepted responsibility for marketing based on my past experience last October. Excellent. Excellent. What a journey. That's fantastic. What a background. And how, um, so you've been there and how long have you been in this particular role? Since last October. Last October. So what, talk a little bit about your inheriting, you know, the marketing and and brand oversight. Um, What, you know, what, what shifted for you personally in terms of your mandate there? Well, it's interesting. We have had technically five CMOs in five years. Wow. So we have a lot of work to do with the team. We have a lot of work to do around brand voice, the voice of the doc. And then there's the general marketplace that has changed so much. For example, when we all took Marketing 101, it was about product placement, promotion, and price. Mm -hmm. The four Ps. Yes. I would submit today it's about experience, environment, engagement, and exchange. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And technology is how you get the experience. Activations are how you create the environment. Authenticity is how you generate engagement. And partnerships are how you get to the exchange. And those are the things we're holistically looking at. We've got a lot of research going on. Frankly, Catherine and Jenny, I have an enviable brand health score. My awareness score, Mm. depending on what index you look at, is over 93%. That's crazy. Just crazy. It's crazy, but if you dig deeper, people know the brand and they know the doc. Mm-hmm. So how do you leverage mm-hmm. those icons to drive growth, getting deeper into the sales funnel, getting a consideration? And you do that through connection and through relevance and through education because we're doing a lot of research right now because research should always drive the strategy. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be long-winded, but I'm so passionate about this. Uh, but what you get when that happens is you learn what your customers really know about your product. And we know they know the duck. We know they think we're an insurance company. But then if you dig deeper, they perhaps think we're an insurance company or a homeowner's insurance company. And that's not what we do. So t- tell us, because I th- I'm sure that you, if you could sort of just let everybody listening know what Affleck is focused on and all the um, all the offerings. Sure. Our products and services, um, actually our very first product was a cancer product. Wow. And you have to go back to the history of the company when you think it was founded by three brothers who saw their father pass away from cancer and saw the financial toll it took on, on the family, which is why all of our policies, whether it's accident, hospital indemnity, Unless otherwise assigned, the cash goes directly to the consumer. We don't pay hospitals. We don't pay doctors. We pay you. And most of the time, we pay you in one day, which is also unheard of. Very interesting. And is this, I mean, is this, this is new information to me. I did not know that, um, that, that backstory. So talk, I mean, if that's not evident to the average consumer, then what, you know, how are you, how, how do you look at that story and, and want to sort of bring that out and, and get people to understand that about the company? What's well, so funny, if I could just share a brief case study with you that I shared with our board of directors yesterday, as a matter of fact. We love it, breaking news. Thank you. Oh, well, good. But then I'll, then I'll share my new campaign with you after that, Excellent. our new campaign. Uh, but if I could give you a case study on this journey that we embarked on in January of 2016, another thing that people will not know about us is the fact that we've had a 23-year commitment to pediatric cancer causes. Over that time, we've donated $125 million to the research and treatment of pediatric cancer. And we never talked about it outside of this region. Hmm. So after a year and a half of working with my CEO, promising him that we would not be boastful about it and right. that we'd be very elegant and we wouldn't look like we were exploiting these families at the worst possible times of their lives, that we would accomplish two things. We would inspire other companies to do good, and we would elevate the cause of childhood cancer to a national conversation. That's very important because of all government funding in the United States, less than 4% goes to pediatric cancer. Wow. I mean, all government funding towards cancer, I should say. Sure. Um, And when people always ask me what's next, what brands will have to do next, it's 
for me, you have to go from support to advocacy. And our position is, yes, my duck has a left wing and a right wing, but 4% is not enough. So we took the Reputation Institute data, 30 years worth of data practically, and we looked at the seven dimensions of reputation, the 23 attributes behind those seven dimensions, and we realized our most authentic stories came from governance, workplace, and citizenship, which are basically the CSR elements and attributes. So in January of 26, we started talking about this. And we mapped it out with the Reputation Institute. We have seen a steady increase in reputation, sure some ups and downs, but overall a steady increase. So what I did yesterday for the board to help make the business case for CSR, now the SEC attorney will make me say this, I can't prove causation, can't even prove correlation, but when I overlay over our Reputation Institute graph of scores over the past oh, two and a half years. If I overlay employee engagement, it goes up at the same rate. If I overlay media sentiment, sentiment, it's identical. If I overlay social sentiment, it's almost identical. If I lay sales there, you see the correlation. Well, you don't see the correlation because I can't say that. You can see the trajectory. You can see uh, you can see both of them moving in the right direction. Let's put it that way. And then if I overlay the stock price on all of that, you'll see that same directional activity. So it's it's very exciting and it just demonstrates that you really have to have all the elements and they have to be authentic and that frankly support isn't going to be enough. Brands are going to be expected to take a stand and advocate. And so how how did you go about doing that? So in other words, you're saying that you took uh, a philanthropic effort that had been underway for a while and just hadn't been talked about and then put some marketing heft, some PR heft behind it. Um, and how did you go about that? And how do you think that that impacted without talking about causality or uh, correlation? <laughs> but um, how do you think see that impacted, for example, your employee base? Was that a big part of the communications plan? It, it, it was a huge part of the effort. You know, keep in mind all of my constituents. I've got 75,000 independent sales agents who are licensed to sell my product, and a third of them can sell my competitor's product. We have an entire broker channel that we communicate to regularly that needs to be communicated to a little bit differently. Although it's in alignment, their careabouts are different. So what we lead with might be a bit different. We have shareholders. We have employees. We have, again, customers, right? And we never lose sight of the customer. But we created opportunities for employees to engage and to go to the Aflac Cancer Center and engage with the children. But what have we went about doing, frankly, was elevating our regional conversation to a national conversation by partnering with the Washington Post to be able to host an event called Chasing Cancer, where we brought the brightest minds in research, treatment, you know, journalism, celebrities, science. And uh, we did several other events with Atlantic Media very successfully, and it was on Washington Ideas Forum for the first time last year on the agenda. So we're very proud of the mm. attention we've been able to generate toward the cause. But when you talk about marrying the brand to that, done um, particularly since last October, is we've 
evolved our brand icon, and you will see the voice of the duck changing. And I don't mean the person whose voice we use for the duck, but the actual voice of the duck will become more philanthropic. You'll see a pivot there. Wow. Uh, yes, because in January, we launched my special Aflac duck. And this is really risky to take an icon that you have and bring it to life. With a very distinctive personality. Mm -hmm. With a very distinctive personality that is designed to be a comforting companion for children with cancer. It's a social robot designed to help children communicate their feelings What's a social robot? What's a social robot? Well, in our case, it's a duck. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, it has many capabilities. I'll just outline a few. We have these feeling cards, for example, that when you touch the feeling card to the duck's chest, it will act out the emotion. So I'm a child life specialist. Mm. I walk into the hospital room that morning. Instead of asking a three-year-old, how are you feeling? I can ask them, how is your duck feeling? And they can pick up either their silly icon, which makes the duck sing, or they can pick up their happy icon or their angry icon, or we have a green one if they're not feeling well and it makes a kind of womp womp sound. Uh, We can also engage in medical play through the robot. Uh, For example, one of the most painful things that happens to a child during treatment is to have their port accessed. Well, my special F-Lock duck also has a port. So you are able to uh, administer chemo through the same size syringe and everything on your duck. And what happens is when the port is attached, the duck gains a heartbeat and starts deep rhythmic breathing with the child and then has a snuggle feature that it actually moves and snuggles up to the child. So now where are you deploying this? I mean, you know, where, how, how broadly is this being deployed, I guess? So thank you for that question. Um, Again, this is my most favorite project ever, clearly, that I've had the opportunity to work on in my career. Mm -hmm. We have committed to putting one in the hands of every child newly diagnosed with cancer in the United States starting in January 2018 um, at no cost to the child or the family. The only requirement is that the request must come from a hospital from a certified child life specialist. Hmm. Interesting. And how, what are the numbers? What's, uh, what, how, how, how many is that on? There are approximately 16,000 children in the United States diagnosed with cancer every year. Wow. And um, it will be age appropriate for approximately 10,000 of those children. So talk a little bit about, I mean, from a broader marketing strategy standpoint, and I mean, I know that we're not, you know, you know, you're being very careful to, to use this in a way that's truly authentic. It obviously, you know, goes back to sort of a history there that you have. Um, and it, you know, you certainly the, don't want to exploit it, as, as you mentioned earlier, but how are you connecting the dots, you know, and how is this sort of investment obviously then going to translate into, you know, um, a new direction for the brand and continued growth and and, and awareness and and everything, obviously, that that is, you know, part of your mandate. Absolutely. So if you go back to the four P's to the four E's, I mean, obviously, our technology in this particular instance is going to create a great experience for the children. The environment we're creating, we have done several things, um, some in partnership with the Academy of Country Music, as a matter of fact. Uh, Chris Young has been uh, very helpful to us in doing everything from creating 
Lifting Lives Matter, which is um, an AFLAC Academy of Country Music Award that goes to a child life specialist, particularly one that encourages music therapy. Um, And then when you go to... When you get a promotion, um, the engagement, uh, the authenticity piece, we could have worked on a million other projects, but we chose to lend our brand icon. We chose to pivot the voice of that icon. We also chose to create something that would be meaningful and relevant to people. And then the partnership pieces, we're partnering with Children's Miracle Network to get these things out, the Children's Oncology Group, and so forth. Mm -hmm. But it all ties back to our core mission. As a matter of fact, another part of what we're doing is um, what we're calling CSR in a box. Remember those 75,000 1099 folks that I told you about earlier? We are actually rolling out a roadmap for them at teaching them how to do CSR, which is, um, and I know we're talking a lot Corporate more about CSR responsibility, than Mark. right? Co- correct. But but what it does is it it mobilizes seventy five thousand people to go out in underserved communities and mostly diverse communities and make a difference with consistent messaging, allowing them to build their own brands because we know this works. We know this is CSR is a lever against marketing activities. You know, we've got the data to prove that it works, but it works for us because of the authenticity piece. If we had just started yesterday, it it wouldn't be credible. Sure. So you mentioned earlier, too, you've got a new campaign that I think just launched or is launching soon. Um, t- talk about how all this sort of ties in from a, you know, kind of broad brand standpoint um, um, with the new campaign. Oh, sure, you bet. Because what this research is telling us is they know our duck and they know our name. So what we need to do, if we're going to drive them from awareness to consideration down that funnel, we've got to do it through connection, which CSR allows us to do because it's a very high-touch opportunity, and through knowledge and education. But if you don't connect, it doesn't become relevant and you can't get to knowledge and education. So our intent is to drive company growth, leverage that 93% um, brand awareness score, and really work on the consideration score. What we've learned is people say they know what AFLAC is, but we're going to spend the next year telling them what AFLAC isn't. It's not car insurance, it's not homeowner's insurance, it's, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to come back and we're going to tell them what AFLAC is. Okay. So, And that's in a brand advertising campaign. That Have you worked with an agency for, for New Creative, or, or where are you there? Yes, we work with uh, Publicis Seattle okay. on our advertising creative. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had a longstanding history with them. There was a lot of news in the pipeline because we did RFP it last fall, and we came back to Publicis. Uh, it's just good business hygiene, if you will, to look at these things every few years, and so we're confident in them and their ability and look forward to moving forward with them. Amazing. So we just have a, a couple minutes left, and I wanted to um, tap into your expertise on uh, from a public public relations perspective, given how extensive you had it and what uh, an amazing award winner you are in this in this field as well. So what, what advice do you have for our listeners as they're thinking about public relations these days in terms of 
what's important for people to know, um, things happen um, always. We, we know that in life. But things can happen even bigger now because of social media and they can, uh, you know, impact the company really, really broadly, really, really quickly. What advice do you have for marketers to be ready for that and to get prepared? Absolutely. It is the one thing that keeps us all up at night, I think, because it can go so sideways so quickly. I will give you an example. I was inundated by bots. I mean, my inbox was filled earlier this year, every morning when I came in, because a Hill staffer had tweeted, a very junior level Hill staffer, that we had supported a particular television program through advertising. Hmm. Um, We actually had not, which was even more interesting. Um, So gone are the days of fact-checking, unfortunately. And this got so much traction on Twitter. It literally, I got emails from bots on both sides. There's no way humans could have sent me that many emails. So it had to be technology. And it was absolutely crazy. There's not a whole lot you can do about that, especially when it was such a polarizing issue, other than be transparent and put out the good news and the good work that you're doing to kind of drown out the nonsense. Mm -hmm. Where it becomes relevant, frankly, is when it's a customer. And what I encourage everyone to do is what we do here at AFLAC, which is take it offline as soon as possible and fix the problem. So we have a special escalation group that we send policyholders to that have complained online that try and resolve the problem within 24 to 48 hours. Hmm. So I love I love the notion of, of taking it offline and fixing it. And reacting. And, yeah, yeah, and reacting immediately and the having that sort of thing in place. Um, thanks for that bit of advice, Catherine. It's really been a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, appreciate your, your coming on with us today. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Catherine and Jenny. Hope to uh, keep in touch and, and hear how and the, see what's next. Hear how the new duck is is coming along. That's just wonderful. Catherine Hernandez Blades is the senior vice president and chief brand officer at Affleck. Um, thank you for being on the show with us today, Jenny Rooney, Forbes. CMO Network Editor. Always great to have you. Always great to be here. Thanks also to uh, Michelle Stucker, our producer, and Danielle Bruno, our engineer. Thank you to all the listeners. Please tune in every month, the last Friday of the month at 9 a.m. and then the following week for our uh, replays. We're also on podcast if you go to search on Wharton Business Radio. XM, Sirius XM 132 and find uh, the recordings of the show to keep listening. Thank you so much and have a great day. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 